Hi. This is the third time. <laughs> Hello. For the first time for the listeners, but yeah, we're having technical difficulties today. Welcome to Two Tunes Podcast. Yeah. Two Tunes? I don't know if I got those in there. All the S's. Okay, I'm going to sing the theme song. Okay, so the, the Rescue Rangers theme song. No, it's in gonna... a totally original yeah, go piece for of it. content. Like, content. Like Ricky Rouse and Ronald Ruck. <laughs> <laughs> Goes like this. Two Tunes Podcast. Two Tunes Podcast. Yeah. That's my our theme song. So for all of you that you, 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 are there people bitching? Um one. There's one. Well, yeah. not even bitching. Is That's it me that word. when I was listening to our own podcast, <laughs> which was weird in itself? Yeah. I I came I, I ended episode one and went into episode two and didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like just when get, I thought this was gonna end. Just rack up those listens by <laughs> people just, just not ourselves. knowing when it ends. Yeah. That that yeah. Man, why is this like five hours long? I don't know. Just keep listening. <laughs> you know, you're in episode Boost our five. numbers. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to Two Tunes Podcast. My name is Brandon. I'm Bo. Did we already do that? Uh, I don't know, man. We've, <laughs> this is like the ninth time we tried to record this. So. Yeah. So this podcast is where we both bring a song to the table mm-hmm. to share with each other and with you, the listener. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it and talk over it. So you should what, listen to why, it why, on your own. Why do we do this? I don't know. Because it's fun. <laughs> That's for you, Rich. <clears throat> There we go. So you're starting out this week, Yeah, I'm starting out. So um, as you can tell by the title that, (laughs) uh, you know what? This week's title is going to be weird because normally I I just put the artist, Uh but today's theme is... Collaboration. Let's do some collabs. Throw some echo on that. (laughs) (laughs) As much as like, I just don't want to edit anything. I know. It's funnier if you do though. (laughs) So yeah, this theme is collaboration, and I helped pick the theme mostly because I wanted to play the song that I'm playing today. Yeah, but I also want to play just I think like you do things from these. Well, I mean, I've kind of have already artists that you have, you have. <laughs> that's right. Um, but anyway, which but, could have been collaboration too. It's true. But playing things by these artists individually as well. But it's kind of cool to to do like a themed thing of of collabs. So especially in the genres that we're kind of doing them in, yeah. I feel like collabs happen mm. in hip hop a lot. Yeah. Uh, sometimes in rock and pop, but... Yeah, but it's more like, it's a duet. Yeah, or it's more just like, it's this person's song with this person there, where yeah. I feel... Well, mine's a little bit like that, but yours is maybe more of a Oh, mine is totally like a collaboration. Yeah. So I don't know what this title is going to be called, <laughs> but my song is Mantra. Yeah. Or Mantra. It's Mantra. I know, it's Mantra. <laughs> um, and it is a collaboration between Dave Grohl of Foo Fighters slash Nirvana. I'm going to say Nirvana because he's playing drums in this, and he played drums in that. Um, He doesn't really play drums in the Foo Fighters. Unless you count the first record, which (laughs) he played everything on. So, yeah. And he doesn't even consider that an album. It's more like a demo. But anyways, so it's got him. Mm -hmm. It's got uh, Joshua Hami Hami, from Caius. Mm -hmm. And also... But mostly. (laughs) But mostly. No, man, it was Caius. Sure. Caius is the band. Okay. Um, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Which Dave Grohl also played drums he, he on? He played drums on was it just that one song? Songs for the Deaf. Okay. Or was it the whole album? It was the whole album. Oh, okay. It, yeah. He, I'm it, like picturing that one music video. Yeah, where it goes, bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, ba-dum, boom, yeah. boom. Good singing, right? Um, so yeah, it's that It's that whole album he played drums on. Gotcha. Which, uh, side note, when he played drums on that album... Um, they recorded the cymbals separate from the drums. Oh. 
Okay. Why? To stop <laughs> bleed. Oh, okay. Makes sense. There's actually a thing like that in the tune I'm going to play where he, they talk about some things they recorded separately as well. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, and then the third person is Trent Reznor, who is Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Um, or at least was Nine Inch Nails until Atticus Ross jumped in and really helped him out. There's there's this, like, I didn't understand their collaboration, but I was watching a doc in eh, an interview um, about either the Mank or Soul soundtrack, okay. and he kind of explained, like, if you look at them in the studio, it just mm-hmm. looks like Trent's doing everything, mm-hmm. and then um, Atticus is just the engineer. Mm. But what will happen is Trent will do stuff and then get frustrated and leave. <laughs> and then Atticus will stay there and then just kind of like but take those ideas that mm-hmm. they had and kind of like sculpt them into yeah, that's cool. a more manageable thing. And then he and then Trent comes back and he's like, oh, yes, this is exactly. Nice. So this whole album, <clears throat> uh, it's the soundtrack to Sound City uh, it's it's the soundtrack to a documentary about Sound City recordings or Sound City, which was it? a famous studio, right? Sound City Studios. It's a it yeah. was a recording. I don't know if it if it was or is. It's very weird. Uh, this this story. I, I seem to recall. I didn't watch this documentary, but I remember like when it came out and like when this whole thing. Isn't it that like Dave Grohl bought this studio or something? I, and I will explain the yeah, whole. Yeah, please story. do because okay. I'm just speculating so, about a so thing. I maybe there remember. is a documentary called sound city Mm -hmm. and what it is about it is about this um it's really about the console Mm -hmm. so the recording console it's it is a a documentary about a console what's a console bo a console you you it's a mixer you put things into it and they come out the other end Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but this this recording studio um it kind of had i'm gonna say it had two lives but it may have had three lives. Okay. Um, so it was. It opened in 1969. Um, nice. <laughs> stupid millennials. <laughs> I'm a millennial. <laughs> um, so it started. It, it was. It was. It started in the. Basically, it was popular in the 70s, mm-hmm. and then it kind of died a little bit in the 80s, and then it rose to prominence like in with the digital. Yes, yeah. when it started to go digital. Or when the music industry went digital, they had a hard time keeping up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it had a, a yeah, it was. <laughs> um, it had a rise in prominence in the '90s mm. due to a certain band, mm-hmm. um, which I assume you'll talk about. Yes, okay. I mean, yeah, it's there's there's no hidden meanings here. And then and then it that's like when it's like oh that so um, albums that were recorded here. Um, Anil Young, After the Gold Rush, was recorded there. Um, Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Mac, mm. was recorded there. Uh, Rick Sh- Rick Springfield. Nice. Cheap Trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom, Pet- Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Pat Benatar. Um, Santana. Uh, a punk band called Fear. Yeah. Dio. Fear was on SNL Rat. because of John Belushi. Yeah. Uh, Guns N' Roses. Uh, appetite for destruction nice or some i guess and and that was kind of the the first wave mm-hmm. of people to come through there um where so, was this in los angeles this is in los angeles okay. yes 
Uh, if you want to go there, it's 1542. <laughs> People can Google it. Yeah, it's it's on there. Uh, so that was the first thing. And it was kind of like dying in the 80s because digital was coming in and they had mm-hmm. this console that was a Neve console, which would be um, uh, Rupert Neve, the guy who created a uh, very smart, smart guy um, with building consoles and, and parts so like uh, compressors and EQs, hmm. uh, music technology. Yeah. Um, uh, he recently passed away, so this would be a very uh, poignant record to have put out. Yeah. Later or in in February, yeah. when he passed. Um, so then, it kind of going into disarray, and apparently it was like a, sh- it was a shithole, <laughs> <laughs> like like piss on the walls it was oh my, just like yeah. what it's like it's sound city man yeah like whatever and then in 1991 a little band by the name of nirvana oh. recorded Nevermind there oh wow and then I because became of that. <laughs> they, i know and then that band blew up yeah and then everyone was like oh we want to go to sound sound mm. city because because nirvana went there right yeah. so then you have like tool went there and Slayer went there, and Caius went there, <laughs> and Weezer. Well, I don't think Weezer really recorded a lot there. They okay. might have recorded like a couple things there, but mm-hmm. I think just the, to like say they did. It, well, maybe because this is like the Pinkerton record was okay. recorded there. But I I remember reading that it was it was recorded um, at at a Electric Ladyland. Oh, okay. Which was Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. and and Tonic recorded there, Tonic. and they just came out with a new album. Yeah, or new music or something. Yeah, and and Super Drag Ooh. recorded there, and System of a Down and yeah. Jimmy World and a Perfect Circle and I Queens sent you a the... funny System of a Down meme by the way, and you just said okay. Okay, we can talk about that <laughs> later, but whatever. Um, but all all these bands then went in and recorded there, and it kind of gave it a second life, and then it and it dies again, right. and then also uh, Nine Inch Nails recorded with Teeth there. Which is, I believe, uh, that's the record that um, Dave Grohl played drums on that okay. night. Because, because, and, and now like, we've also completed the like trifecta yeah, of yeah. the people on this yeah. collaboration. Yeah. So the people on this collaboration recorded at this studio, right? So they all have reverence for it, obviously. Yeah. And, and yeah. also, this whole record is a bunch of collaborations mm-hmm. because. Uh, Sorry, my Starbucks is yeah. on mic there. Dave Grohl's like, I'm going to buy this console. Yeah. And he's not like, I'm going to buy it because I, I, I'm, it's a collector's item. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, I, this this studio changed his life. Yeah. Like, before going there, homeless. Mm-hmm. After going there, like, rock star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say he's a millionaire, but like rock star. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so like it changed his life, and he in the documentary he was like, you know, I thought like when they closed down, it just goes to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Smithsonian because mm-hmm. it's such a big deal. Like all these bands, all these classic records were recorded there through that console. Mm-hmm. So and and they're like, you know, it, it just does magic. You put put it in and does that. But apparently, like the biggest thing about that recording studio was the the drum sound. Okay, and it shouldn't work on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, because the room's not really like it's it was made for this it's like no no no. it's just like it just a room that it, they turned it, into like a drum booth kind well of thing. it was where they used to make vox amplifiers oh okay so like it it was it's just a warehouse mm-hmm. and then they turned it into a recording studio mm-hmm. um so that was kind of like the magic of that so he's like well you know i'm gonna buy it because they're going out of business 
and I'm going to use it. So now it lives at his recording studio, which is I think called 606. Okay. Um, and There's then a big old 606 on the album. Yes. So that's there, probably well. <laughs> His his recording studio is called Six O Six, right? And and it used there was one in Virginia. It was you know it's a mobile thing, uh-huh. and I think I think that was like the address. So to make sure I was correct, that okay. he lived at it is on yeah. the on the album cover Six O Six, but that's like what it's called Six O Six West is the L A version oh, of it. Right. But it's okay. it's whatever, um, which is also I don't know if you can actually like go there. I mm-hmm. think it's more like hey, we have this recording studio. We'll have our friends record here. Sure, yeah. But in the making of this documentary, it was more like, let's do the Isn't it like at his house or something? No, it's a warehouse. In oh, it LA. is? Okay. It's not All his right. house. But they did record at his house at one point. Okay. But that's not 606. Again, this is me like piecing together a thing that I remember kind of. That was like, a different documentary about Okay, Foo fair enough. <laughs> that was a different documentary. Yeah, yeah. You should watch all of the Foo Fighters documentaries. Right, or I it. should say Dave Grohl documentaries yeah. because he directed this film. So it's called the movie is called Sound City. Documentary is called Sound City. First half of it is like the history of the console, mm-hmm. the history of the studio. And then him buying it, him moving it to his studio, mm-hmm. and then it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna use it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to use this console. And then he's like, well, you know, who better to use it first than all the people who who have used it before? That's cool. That um, made it what it is. Who's gonna care about it the most? But the people that yes recorded there. That's that's very cool. I like that. So the whole album is just like let's get people who have worked here and let's just like collaborate together. Mm-hmm. So there's a song with, uh, I mean, Dave's like on everything. Sure. It's but it's ma- cause it's his deal, yeah. but it's like Dave Grohl and, um, what's her name? I'm just going to pull I, it up. <laughs> oh my God. I can't think of anything now. Um, do, 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 uh, this, this is Nick, uh, Steve, Stevie Nicks. Oh, uh-huh. so it's like, there's a collaboration between, Dave Grohl and Stevie Nicks. So yeah. that could have been one. Rick Springfield. Um, Rick Springfield and Dave Grohl and There's other There's a lot people. of these names that I don't know, but I'm assuming they're from yeah. like bands that I would know. Uh, pick a name. Uh, and I'll tell you what. Chris, Chris Goss. Yeah, I don't know. Tim Comerford. Like Brad <laughs> Will. Like, you know what I mean? Robert yeah. Levon Bain. Peter Hayes. Like, I don't know those names. But then like Paul McCartney is on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Like, Paul McCartney is on here. Yeah. Uh, Rami Jaffe. Jim Kilmer, Well, like. Rami, Rami's from Foo Fighters. So, okay. So a lot of them are like just Foo Fighters. So like yeah. uh, Pat Pat Smear, um, Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. Like Chris Novoselic is on with, with, yes. the, with and Paul McCartney. Like, that's the that's Paul cool. McCartney thing. It was really yeah. just – it was – it was Nirvana with with Paul McCartney. Sure, right, yeah. Which like is, that was what that song was, cool. and then I'm, like they I'm they just got into the room I'm and they used to listen to that now, actually. Yeah, um, Rick Spink, uh, Lindsey Buckingham. I mean, he's on the uh, doc- documentary. I don't think mm-hmm. he's on any of the records, but uh, it's really really cool documentary. You should go yeah. check it out. It's his first documentary that he made. So, question. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you're going to answer this, but I'm just going to ask now. Uh, or two things: one, all these songs are they new songs? Yeah, yeah, they were they were written written for this. Okay, for it specifically. Okay, and it was kind of like, let's go in. Like the idea is like, hey, you used to you you played on this console. Mm-hmm. Now let's let's record a song through it. Yeah, yeah. What song? Well, let's write it. Right. Okay. Let's get into the room and write it. That's cool. So I think that like they're while they were you know it's like we're good. Day one, let's just write something. Yeah. What would work for this? Mm-hmm. Um, or I wrote this song. How about you write lyrics for it? Because mm-hmm. I think that's how the the Stevie Nicks song came about. Like, okay. um, like it's a Foo Fighters song, but Stevie Nicks with vocals. Okay. 
And it's like, I think it's about the death of her son or something like that. I think. I don't really know. Um, And I know that we're 16 minutes into the the podcast and we haven't even played the song yet. And the song is about eight minutes long. So, okay. So follow up question then. Did they feel that it kept the magic of the console even with moving? I know you said part of it was like the drum booth in the studio and this like, yeah. but the console was the thing. Cause that's, he bought the console. He didn't buy the studio. Yeah, or yeah. The studio. So did they feel, is that sort of like, or is that spoiler alert for the do- end of the documentary? Like, did they feel that it kept, I guess, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's been a really long time since I okay. watched the documentary. So we should watch the documentaries. Yeah. And stuff. Okay. Cool, let's cool, get to the doc- tune. Okay. The tune. Uh, it's mantra. called mantra. Mantra. <laughs> and this, I was saying to you before, this, That's I can't. That's the beginning melody of the song that I'm picturing, female singer, and I can't think of what the rest of it is with this drum beat. I mean, it's a drum beat, so you can't really copyright it. No, no, no. It's not, and it's not the same. Yeah. It just gives me vibes of whatever that song is. But here I it's like okay, drums, drums is Dave, right? Bass is Josh Hami. All the other sounds, uh, besides guitar, yeah. is is Trent. So he's doing all like the sound design mm-hmm. and the the Wurlitzer. Dave Grohl singing. Dave Grohl singing the first half. Yeah. Actually, he sings all the way through, and then Josh Homme does all the the, the backups. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does and Trent then, sing at some point too? Trent sings about the last third of the okay. song. And I don't really know if I don't know if um like the meaning of this song is it supposed to be like like so a, a, a mantra being like something you say to yourself every day like is that something you live by perhaps yeah yeah, yeah. or or it, Try is, to. is that what like it's, like it's gonna be called mantra and i just want it to be like repetitive yeah. because that drum part oh, yeah. by the way this is not a loop like there's there's right. a video of this where so the way that it was probably recorded based on uh, videos that I've seen and in the documentary uh-huh. is um, the f- drums, bass, and and Wurlitzer all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So in the room, live, all the way through, right. which is really hard to do if you yeah. think about it because like this song, that drum, that drum beat doesn't really change. Right. The bass line... Kind it gets of. busier, if I recall. Yeah, yeah. But like right now, it's yeah, and and sparse and, and the the keys do some things. And I'm not talking about like the second half or the boom, but it But it's it's just the same thing. And like they're not, you're not hearing the lyrics. And when like you can see them kind of in the video, like counting when like when they're not. Oh, for sure. Like uh, Dave's, he's not playing drums, but you can see him like counting on the the hi hat. Like, but he's not hitting the hi-hat. Yeah. And then uh, at one point, Trent, before he comes in, he's like uh, ghost pantomiming over top of the, the keys, the, the the rhythm, because he has to come in. Yeah. And, he, and he's trying to follow. And I don't think that this is played to a click track. Probably at not. all. Yeah. Because it, it does speed up, and then it comes back down. Uh-huh. Like, and it, it kind of is weird. It, it feels a little bit off. Yeah. Also, I should point out that in this documentary, at this point, when they're talking about this in the recording of this, they're kind of going, like, the analog digital route. It's like, uh-huh. like there's all these tools that you can use yeah. to do um, 
for digital now. It's like, oh, use, like let's use the real thing. It's like, well, you can use the digital version of things now. Right. Uh, because of modeling. I'm going to talk about it in my piece. Yeah. yeah. And a- as you might be able to tell, it's it's getting bigger. Yeah. Now I have a theory about this that I would like to test. It looks super compressed as, well. as I'm looking at the, uh-huh. the thing. And this makes a really good, like, you could talk over this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's the same thing. This is cool. Uh, I like that this, like, okay, so can you pause for a second? Oh, you uh, broke it. Uh, sorry. Um, this is like one of my through. one of my things like with my students is because we I give listening examples yeah, yeah. in every class and every week. Um, and sometimes it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. Like it's just a long and they they immediately look at that and go. Ugh. And like with this, somebody could look at this and go almost eight minutes like, oh, my gosh, long song or whatever. But like. They do such a good job of that. That build is so steady and consistent. And it's probably helped by the fact, like you're saying, that they did it live. Yeah. Instead of looping the drums. Like, it's, it would be hard to manufacture that same idea of that build mm-hmm. for, what, three and a half minutes or whatever until, like, that first big hit, which, spoiler alert, is not exactly where I thought it was going to be. It kind of drops, but oh, we'll yeah, get yeah. there. But, like, that's, that's kind of a cool thing. Like, it, it keeps your interest throughout like i didn't notice that this was like an eight minute song it just was this song that just was going and then it, you know what i mean i only noticed it because i was like i was i was driving down to york uh-huh. um and thinking was like okay what can i what can i use for this collaboration thing and yeah. i thought one thing and then i was like oh my god the perfect example is something off of mm-hmm. off of this soundtrack yeah because that's um, the whole point yeah and I, I was thinking the stevie nicks song and i'm like yeah but like whatever like Steve, it's a great song. Sure. That song's a great song, and then um, there's one with Corey Taylor from Slipknot, oh, okay. which is a great song as well. And then, and then, I'm, oh no, it's it's got to be this. And the only reason that I was kind of turned away is like it's eight minutes long, line, yeah. and it's like it's a really long song, but you don't really notice it until like the end, like the very very end. Okay. Yeah. Which is they say the same thing over and over and over and yeah. over and over again. So can you? I just want to ask you something real quick. How long is this song again? Like exactly how, how uh, many? Seven minutes and forty-three seconds. This podcast, on the other hand, is over fifty minutes. Okay, so I I, I'm just testing something here. Okay, so that's four hundred and sixty-three seconds. Okay. All right. Right to do my math right. I don't know. Seven minutes. You said seven times yeah, yeah. sixty, Se- and then plus forty is four twenty. Plus, of course, how much? it is forty-three. <laughs> plus forty-three, right? Yeah, it's plus forty. Not plus forty-four. Forty-three, which is a different thing. That's yeah, a band. that's that's another band. And, all right, so I'm just curious <laughs> when it say? when yeah. it gets to that moment that you think is going to be the big hit, but it's actually like a drop. Yeah, can you let drop. me know exactly where that is, please. Okay, we will. Which is really close, I yeah. think. Which not nothing's changed. I mean, like, they're adding it's, vocals. It's yeah. the volumes a little more. There's there's trend. Yeah. Trent has finally come in at uh, 3.50. And and he's kind of like playing off of what uh, what Dave is saying. Yeah. Dave's lines keep changing and and uh, Trent's lines are the same. And also he's adding more and more uh, harmonies yeah. while he's saying all that. And I believe it's right here. No. There's a third harmony yeah. of, of Trent as he's saying the whole thing. Yeah. It's just bigger and busier, and you know it's Maybe. building to something. Yep. And you can hear the speed. No. Yeah. 
another harmony yeah. on top of it. And he's getting, and it's speeding up, and he's yeah. yelling. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. 444. 444? Yeah, yeah. Go listen to that album, too, by the way. <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Uh, you talk while math. I do math. Math. Four minutes. Plus 44. 284. Okay. Uh, hang on. So this is 284. So 463 divided you... by 284. He's trying to figure out if it's <gasps> two-thirds. Not 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 two thirds. What I was trying to figure out is if it's if it's the phi ratio. Oh. If it's if it's the the golden ratio, okay. which is like one point six one eight. This is one point six three, so it's real close. I don't know what like the the good standard deviation is for that, but I just was really curious if it was hey, if it th- followed that. That that would be. It's real close. Like yeah. One point six three. That that's like tool stuff, though. I know that idea, but like it wouldn't. But it's also you should explain that. Okay. By the so way. the golden ratio. Um, I actually have a book about this, um, which I'm not currently reading, but I am reading a book about the number zero. (laughs) I just started last night. It was one of those things where, like, I was like, I need, like, it was one of those I just wanted to keep reading it, but I was like, I'm very tired and I have to get up early and record a podcast. Um, But so I got through like the first couple chapters. But they mention, they were talking about like Pythagoras and stuff. um, And one of the things that he, that's great, wonderful. (laughs) Just keep squeezing that bottle. Um, But they mentioned, you know, one of the things that he helped contribute to the world of math and music and stuff was um, he. F- what are you doing? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go punch. Bo what's real the quick. difference? What's the difference between math and music? Um, not much. Um, anyway, but he he was figuring out things like intervals and, and ratios of the intervals and what makes like good ones and what makes dissonant ones and all that stuff. But one of the things that he and his Context. Pythagorean cult or whatever figured out was this golden ratio, as they called it, which had to do with um, like things that are like and it, it shows up in nature and all this other stuff where the proportions and stuff work out so well and they're just so aesthetically pleasing and, and all this different stuff. And it has to do with like uh, different lengths of sides and things. And it's like, so anyway, there's like a pathetic, like a, um, oh my gosh, I'm explaining this so terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such like a visual thing too that really helps. But like if you have a, a rectangle and it's like the, oh God, I can't even think of how this isn't, works. Isn't right. it just like you take like one plus one and then one plus two and then like you take the previous number? That's like Fibonacci. And I but think that part of it? kind of goes in with it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to do with like this thing plus this thing equals this other thing. And then those are together and they equal yeah, yeah. like a thing and whatever. But but anyway, the ratio of them, if you take the larger number versus the smaller number and divide it, it ends up being 1.618. Okay. Is the thing, but it's really funny. The the thing I found in this book was that the Pythagoreans were all about rational numbers and rational things, mm-hmm. and they didn't want people to know about irrational numbers because okay. like that was like a, a big deal. Um, because they also tied in like math with their philosophy and stuff, and it's like you couldn't have irrational philosophy. Like everything had to be very rational and make sense. But this whole Greek letter phi that they use and this golden ratio is itself is an irrational. <laughs> um, ratio and stuff which I, just, I thought that was pretty funny so anyway that was me terribly explaining 
the golden ratio. All right, guys. But it's been proven in like different types of music and different things. And like in this Beethoven symphony, the the big climax happens at exactly this point, and it works out to that ratio and all these different things. And mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty cool. If you want to find actually like a really interesting version of it, check out Donald in Math Magic Land, <laughs> like this old Disney cartoon from like okay. the 50s or whatever, which I actually show in my music theory is, class. Is it is it on Disney Plus? Uh, I don't know actually. I've been showing it on YouTube, which is probably illegal. But well, um, no, because it's YouTube and they 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 they're doing it, <laughs> yeah, not you. True. That's You're true. just using your tool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I was very curious about that, and I have proven that it is almost that. Okay. We and have about a song left. And back to you. <laughs> so back to <laughs> the song. By the way, the number did, zero didn't exist for a long time. So it goes to the, Mood the bass part. Can you, sorry, because I kind of ruined this. Can you back up to that? To the, like the, the, the yeah. jump? Yeah. Just so we can all hear, because it's it, you're gonna think it's just gonna like explode. Yeah, into sound. and the tempo changes drastically. Yeah, and it's not to a click. Right, which means it wasn't written in there. He he just had to be like, okay, I gotta mm-hmm. get to that tempo. Yeah. And also, they're saying like a monster. Oh. Not a mantra. And then at the end, it's like, like, like a monster. Yeah. So here it comes. And then it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. Subtle, but slowing. Uh-huh. And then everyone, if you look at the video, they're like, and then that always felt off. Like they're not really lined up together. Which is, I think, kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many things that sound too perfect. Yeah, yeah. Mistakes are what make music great. Yeah. Not like really bad mistakes, no, but like but the, the little mistakes. The humanness like, yes. of it. Yeah. Yes. Like there's there's some offness between uh-huh. everything. And maybe also a bit intentional. Yeah. Like not that they were like, oh, I'm going to be one thirty second of a there second off of you or whatever, but just. And take them. Now this this part starts to sound like it's a Nine Inch Nails uh-huh. song. Yeah, like yeah the, I can hear that. The, I think it's a guitar. Dun, 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 dun. That's that. That uh-huh. sounds like a Trent Reznor kind of guitar riff. Yeah. And it's really just like, like a, just a rock part. Yeah. It's just like, like, in the video. Uh, most of the time, like Dave's just like, don't, don't. Sc-. It looks like he's like, <laughs> don't screw up. And at this, this part, he's just like, he- like Dave Grohl and drums. Dave Grohl like, drums. I'm picturing he- it in my headbang. Yeah. Like, and not like, not like, well, I don't know. It's just Dave Grohl on the Yeah. Because I'm thinking, you know, his hair flying everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just going off. And then the, it's starting to build up again, but it's the same thing over and over again. And this, again, to me, vocally sounds like a Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah, yeah. As well. Because, like, there's no Dave in here. And then we're just adding stuff yeah. vocally and getting a little bit Essentially bigger. over this couple measure loop. Yeah, yeah. Which the line that is repeating, I can't pull up on here. Some pan vocals back and forth that are new and extra yeah. and different. So, and all of this will never be the same again, is the, the line that is repeating yeah. for about a minute or two. Yeah. And you could probably listen to this a thousand times and find oh, yeah. something new every time because it's so dense. Yeah. I'd be curious to see the the tracks, the tracks, like exactly how many 
yeah. times they overdub this or added things or whatever. I almost wonder if it's one of those things too where there's like stuff you'll never actually hear, but it's in there and they wanted it to be in there. Yeah, I dig that scene. A um, lot. In, in the documentary, like it's it's them three in the room, and then um, them three in the room. Them three <laughs> in the room, um, and then uh, an engineer, like uh-huh. you know, doing the engineer thing. Yeah. Um, and then like when they're like, oh, you know, it's like let's let's go listen to that, and then they're like, yeah, sure, cool. And I don't think you see them listening to it, but then uh-huh. like the next thing is just Trent with a a Macintosh computer mm-hmm. uh, with like Logic open. Uh-huh. Or, or some sort like he's playing guitar through the computer okay like just directly in and it's kind of talking about like now we're moving to digital and there's like people who like like dave says that trent is like the the the, the smartest guy mm-hmm. when it comes to music and like genius but he doesn't need like he can use the technology but he doesn't need it sure to like be amazing he mm-hmm. just can but he's like for the longest time he's just in a room just on the computer and it looks really boring. Yeah. It's just like, what's going on? It's like, well, I don't know. He's doing his thing. <laughs> like, he's making sounds. He's making all that ethereal stuff that goes yeah. on. Um. So, yeah. That's, that's cool. That is Mantra by Dave Grohl, Josh Homme, and Trent Reznor off of the Sound City movie soundtrack. And then it's called Real to Real. Yeah. R-E-A-L <laughs> to R-E-E-L. Nice. So real sounds to a recorded reel-to-reel tape because cool. it's all about analog. Yeah. Where can people find that documentary? Good question. Yeah. You can actually watch it on YouTube for free with ads. Oh, okay. That's fine. Because that's I what I was yeah. – I, I wanted to fast forward to that tech part like a little bit before. Yeah. So if you like ads, <laughs> go watch it go on YouTube for YouTube free. Thing, yeah. But I, I bought it like years ago and oh, I've okay. got the vinyl. Like when it came out, I'm like, this is so cool. Dave Grohl is doing something that's not just music. And then like, then he made, what was the next? Then he, he made a Foo Fighters documentary. Which is, I think the one I've seen. Possibly. Which is really good. Um, On like Palladium or something. I saw it, which is a channel I don't even have. Yeah. But then I think he also did a making of one of the, their records, Mm -hmm. like the one where they recorded in their house. Okay. And that was a documentary that he made. And then he made the, um, oh, it was an HBO show where he would go to cities and try to musically encapsulate the city city and and its history and stuff like that. And he would, but really I think like he wrote all these songs Mm -hmm. and then he was like, okay, well, what I'm going to do is we're going to go to a city and I'm going to look, like interview people in the city and talk to them about that. And then write the lyrics based around the interviews that I have. Oh, okay. That's cool. And that's where I think... Did so, he then also use, like, local musicians and stuff to... Sometimes. Okay. Depends on... Well, you know, I don't think he did. Okay. It's been a while since... it was, sure. But it was on HBO. I forget what it was called. It's probably, like, on HBO Max now. Yeah, it is. Okay. But uh, I know they did... They did Seattle, L.A., New Orleans, Austin... Um, I think there were, there's, there's either, I think there's nine, so I can only remember four. Sure. Okay. I forget how many episodes there are, but like, then there's an episode, it's all dealing with that city mm-hmm. and then they record 
in that city, in like a studio in that city. Like the the New Orleans one was really cool. Um, the LA one wasn't like an LA studio. It was like a studio out in the desert in a house. Okay. And it was like really tiny. Yeah. Like 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 where little bands would record. Sure, yeah. In the middle <laughs> of the desert in a house that was just crammed full with crap. Mm-hmm. And then in in Seattle, it was like in this. There's a house that then this guy built into the hillside. Oh wow! So he would like dig into. It's like I'm gonna build a, a an, an echo chamber. <laughs> so then he would dig in, and it's like just yeah. big concrete. Huh, that's it's, cool. it's another cool documentary by him. And then he did play, which was weird. It was like a 45 minute song where he played every instrument. Okay. And he had to. His goal was I have to play a perfect take. Oh. And he played every instrument. Uh-huh. And there's like three drum sets, four guitars, bass guitar, keyboards, which he doesn't play, mm-hmm. marimbas, <laughs> and auxiliary percussion. Oh, wow. It's just like, what are you doing? And then they made a video, and the video is like, one Dave comes in, another Dave oh, comes in. Like Jacob Collier's type stuff. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's cool. Like that. So, so we're going to take a break for our non-sponsored ad ship, <laughs> and we'll be back with the second tune. Sweet back but you probably didn't hear an ad because because we don't have ads. we don't we don't have enough listeners yeah. so i want to remind you guys ones like in wandavision no spoilers oh my god <laughs> no spoilers welcome to our anyway. wandavision podcast <laughs> have you watched all of them yes dude multiple okay. times oh, anyway wa- yesterday was great yeah with our fake two-hour delay yeah, yeah. um anyway <laughs> moving on so my tune is that cool yeah yeah you're like banging your head against your microphone Silent. no i had a thing Okay. Anyways. Anyways. So this tune is better. Oh, I was going to say, do you feel better now? <laughs> you will by the end of the song. <clears throat> because so the tune so is good. called Better, uh, originally by Cody Fry, and like just Cody Fry. All this right. is off of one of his albums. Oh, um, then my, my comment is going to make even more sense. Oh, okay. Um, and then this is from a particular session that they did two songs of, of Cody's um, with... Corey Wong, guitar player, and Dynamo, who is its own group, its own band. Oh, who's Cody Fry? Cody Fry, singer-songwriter guy. Wow, that narrows it down. Yeah, I, I mean, so I will I will say I only became aware of him through this collaboration, which I think was recorded in 2018. Yeah, that's uh, eight, that's like the 26, name of the album. 18. There we go, yeah. And so, and I became aware of that because I'm a huge fan of the band Dynamo. Um, I have, I you know, through different connections and stuff, um, got to know them. I've had them come to my school several times and, and perform for my students and do like a Q and a and stuff. Um, I've seen them live a bunch. I got to go to one of their, uh, album recordings, like a live, they like did the album in studio and stuff. And it was pretty cool. Where are they located? Uh, Nashville, Nashville. Okay. Which I believe Cody Fry is also based out of Nashville, but I'm not actually sure about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Corey Wong is actually based out of Minnesota. So um, I – anyway, this is a Cody Fry song that was then kind of reworked into this format with these these other folks in it. And so I was – I just have been digging it, and it's only two songs. It's Better and Want You Back. And I was – had a hard time deciding – which one I wanted to do. I'm glad gotcha. to do both, but they're both really great. Um, so anyway, so I texted Ryan Connors, who is the, I consider him to be like the leader of Dynamo, founder of Dynamo. Okay, so pause for a second. Yeah. Um, just dropping names over here. Drop, <laughs> Let me just pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's a, a, 
a YouTube channel that I watch. Whenever they like name drop, they uh-huh. have like a horn, and, <laughs> and they squeeze it, and they're like, "Oh, you got to squeeze the horn because you just dropped that name over there." <laughs> That's funny. Or like that you knew the person because we talk about people, but like, yeah, I don't know. like I just said Dave Grohl and 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 uh, Trent Reznor, and I don't know them. Sure. But, but there you go. Yeah. So anyway, so I texted Ryan and I was like, "Hey, I this is a great song. I love this. Um, I would love to play." Dynamo and Corey Wong and Cody Fry like separately at some point on the podcast. Yeah. But I just I asked him I was like, how did this come about? You know, because so you did an interview. Uh, I a text have a interview. very brief text exchange. <laughs> you should have done the um, interview and then we could have popped it in here right now. <laughs> it's true. Um, so anyway, so so Ryan said that um, Cody went to Belmont, which is where Dynamo got together, Belmont University. Mm-hmm. They all were kind of either went there or around in the Nashville scene and stuff, and they got together and then. So they, they didn't go to school at the same time, but they always kind of like knew each other a little bit. And then Dynamo was doing these showcase things at a, at a venue in Nashville called Acme where basically they would invite people in and they would be like their backing band. Like they would do their songs, but sort of arranged and put together by Dynamo. So mm-hmm. similar to if you're familiar with the Snarky Puppy Family Dinner albums. Yeah. Where, I mean, I know you are, but for the <laughs> listeners. Um, and so that's basically what they did. And they, he said they featured five artists a night and Cody was one of them. Um, and he said he loved the way they played their songs. And then he called him shortly after that to see if he'd be interested in getting into the studio to collaborate on some videos for this stuff that he was going to arrange, like Cody was going to arrange and then would feature Dynamo and then also eventually Corey Wong. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool. Um, I asked him if he had any kind of like anecdote or anything he wanted to share. And he basically just said like working with those two dudes was like a super great experience for them. They knocked the the songs and video out in one day at Sound Emporium. Uh, and there like wasn't a second waste of wasted time. He said Cody already had such a specific vision for both the song and video before we went in. And it was really cool to witness like somebody on that level like put that together. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool. Um, I will say, if you want even more information about this, Cody Fry himself does a breakdown video, um, which, Bo, I know you will actually really like because he talks about all the plugins and processes and nice. all the way he puts it together in Logic. So he, he again, the if you listen to the original song of this, sounds much different than this version because he, again, arranged this. And he mentioned that I think he had, like, Corey Wong over to his house and then he was talking about how he was going to be reworking some of these songs and Cody or sorry, Corey, the guitar player who also loves playing bass wrote essentially the bass line that you hear at the beginning of the tune. And so like that kind of sparked a little bit of this arrangement. So I'll talk more about some of that stuff from the video as we go. Yeah, so he even talks for like a minute on how he did that opening thing. But so he so in the video he talks about how he he basically made like a logic demo. He put all the parts into logic and played them all himself and used, you know, MIDI sounds and all this other stuff. Some real sounds or whatever. So that way he could send it to the band. So that's what when Ryan's talking about how well prepared and like they just could knock it out. It's because he sent everybody the thing and it was like, this is how it goes. So even like the drummer had something to base his stuff off of, you know? And so and Corey's or Cody's whole thing, I'm gonna get that confused a lot. Cody's whole thing was like, studio time's expensive. We don't want to waste it. Like, so like when we get in there, everybody's gonna be super prepared, and then we can just tweak stuff. Yes. Cool. And then the video they mentioned, there are like quote unquote music videos for both of these songs, and and they look like music videos, like they look, but it also is just them playing in the studio, and it's kind of cool. Yeah. And it, this one is very much like that, just them playing in the studio. Would it, the other one is very, like, it's a little more theatrical and stuff. And, would it look like like an Adam Neely uh, 
cover video that he does? Sort of. Okay. Yeah, it actually almost more reminds me of like those early Snarky Puppy videos okay. where it's just them in the studio. No audience, but like just them kind of around in the studio and stuff. I'm going to pause this and go back because I yeah. missed my thing. So first okay. off, I wanted to say it's it's very 80s-ish, 80s funk. Yeah, some vibe to that. Yeah, Ish. for sure. And hopefully I get it right. So that's that bass line that yeah. Corey Wong wrote. Okay, this. this uh, uh, I'm going to call it the pre-chorus, maybe? Uh-huh. Maybe I love you. Uh-huh. Maybe I hate you. The, it's it's weirdly off in a mm. good way. It's not off. Is it, it the chords and it, the keys? No, no, no. Like, oh. he, he, they, they, like, the, the maybe doesn't, like, the first maybe is on the beat, and then the second maybe is a little bit ahead uh-huh. of the beat, uh-huh. which is, but they still, like, it, the first time it, it feel, I'm going to, I don't know the time signatures of this, but, like, it feels like, okay, that one was in three, and then this next one is in, in like, five, because they don't really, like, it's obviously, it's just the same mm-hmm. tempo both times, but because they start that maybe a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. it feels like, oh, that's, okay, we've changed time signatures, but then they extend it, which would put it back out. Yeah. So. Yeah, there. I think it's a chord change. It's, it's the, it is the yeah. chord change. It's the chord change. I've noticed that, that before too. Yeah, which I, that it, you know, it 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 made me think of it a little bit, which mm-hmm. is which is what I want. I, yeah. I I want to be like, what was that? Yeah, because essentially this is it's a pop song. Like if you again, if you listen oh. to the original, it's 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 pop, but like it's pop with like these guys know what know more than. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a pop song typical. until you until the the the, the bridge, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'll tell and we'll get, I have we'll, some info about that okay. as well. Yeah. And of course. Yeah. Right. Who's dancing? So, one of the things he talks about too, which oh. I, I thought you would go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, the that you love me better, right? Uh-huh. That like uh-huh. the the Scottish snap. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, I, I'm like, I've heard that before, uh-huh. and it's like, oh, that's an Ariana Grande. Well, it's not an Ariana. Ari- <laughs> Ariana Grande thing. She has used it, but she has used it. Yeah. It's like, like right, like one e, two e, three e. Exactly. It's it's, it's yeah. a it's a rhythmic thing that mm-hmm. exists, um, but has kind of uh, been co opted. Sure. Okay. I'm just saying has it's it's now it's it's more mainstream. Yes. Yes. It 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 has shown up in popular music. This ba 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 ba, which is that's cool and vocally not like instrumentally yeah he also uses a different mic when he does the the higher version you're gonna love me better it's too early in the morning for me to try to hit those notes but okay. he so he's got his like main mic but then he like leans over as i'm leaning over away from my mic but he's got another mic over here which i'm assuming is running through some kind of effect or whatever okay so when he goes you gotta love me better it's too high for me to sing that like i'm saying but it it you can hear the difference. I never noticed it until literally this morning when I was rewatching the video, just to like see if there were any little things I could bring uh-huh. to this. And right. I was like, "Oh, that's something. That's kind of cool." All right, you you point point at me so I can listen to it. Right. right here. No. Where does it happen? It happens in there somewhere. And then oh, that that's sound here. Coming up. Wait, where is it? <laughs> it's at the end of this section. Right there. Like, you're gonna love me better. Okay. But he does? All right. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Gotcha. Yeah. 
It's so funky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it sits in that style. Mm-hmm. And the the guitars is that is that Corey? So there are at least three guitar players, including Corey. Okay. The two two of the guys from Dynamo plus Corey. I'm assuming that the most prominent guitar is Corey. I believe so. There's also Adam and Hank that are on there too from from Dynamo, but yeah, I think the most prominent is him. Like, so can you pause a second? So like, just yeah. kind of breaking down like who the people are. So there's Cody Fry is the lead vocalist, and he's also playing some keys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Corey Wong on guitar, um, featuring like a pretty wicked mustache in this video. <laughs> he they when they do the breakdown video for the other song on this, "Want You Back," um, he has Corey on it with him, and they're discussing it. And Corey's like, "Oh yeah, that was that was the era of mustache Corey." <laughs> like he, I think he had like just come off the road, or like was on the road, and just like hopped in just for this day to do this session and stuff. And he was going with the mustache at that point and stuff if you don't know who cory wong he's just this like little skinny dude playing guitar and stuff and he's just a freaking beast but okay so that's those guys there are backup singers um and then pretty much everybody else is essentially dynamo augmented with a couple people so like dynamo is there's a drummer there's um two keyboard players there's some horn players guitar players bass player that's kind of them they at one point had a singer or um a singer, they still do have a singer, but they had a, a singer who was in the band for a while and then he left and whatever, but that's kind of like their deal. Um, they actually started as an instrumental group, um, much like a snarky puppy or something, but then they had brought in this singer guy and for like a couple tracks and they're like, oh shoot, like you're real good and we like you and this is cool. So then he became part of the band and it's like whatever. So that's kind of the setup of, of what you see in here. If you watch the video, you see it, but it's cool. Watch videos, kids. <laughs> Maybe this will be a video podcast someday. Perhaps. Oh, sorry. One thing I just thought of, I wanted to bring up. So he, so again, he made this like MIDI demo track Mm -hmm. to send out to everybody. And he actually kept some of the stuff. Like the one thing he's talking about is like, listen how bad MIDI horns are. Like no matter the plugin you get or whatever, Mm -hmm. MIDI horns are always bad by themselves. But he said what he does, at least on this thing, I don't know if he does it all the time. He left some of them in because they just add that extra little pop to the real horns and and he's right and he plays you like some of these licks that the horns do and like these little like bop bop stuff and like it sounds great with the real horns and then you add the midi and it just adds that extra little kick which i thought was kind of interesting like you would never use just the midi horns yeah but in conjunction as just an extra little boost i thought that was kind of cool and that's kind of like showing or what we talked earlier about of being like putting in exactly human air Oh, or, no, okay. or, or mist- what were you gonna say? What no, no, no. I, there was a thing you said earlier in that in that other thing about like the the melding or the mixing of the digital and the analog, oh, yeah. and that's where I was going with that uh-huh. of like real horns, but we're gonna not even boost them, just accentuate them mm-hmm. with with the there, digital horns. There was a video that I watched the other day that was basically like the whole idea was like just because it sounds bad doesn't mean it is bad. Okay, because everything kind of has its place. Uh-huh. So if you don't, oh, that that sounds horrible. It's like, yeah, but imagine that with a bunch of other cool things, and that will be the thing that's like, that's really cool, like the thing that okay. sticks out. Yeah. Um. So what what the guy did is like, um, he put like a tie on the bridge of a guitar. Now mm-hmm. you playing that, so it's basic. It's muted. Mm-hmm. You playing that, it sounds really bad by itself. Yeah. But if you put it into a mix. Uh huh. 
that could be like the thing that's like, that's really cool. Yeah. What did you do? Oh, well, I, I made my guitar sound like crap. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or he had a, an organ and then he put a wah on it and the wah was um, like in – what a wah does is it kind of accentuates a, f- a frequency and you can you can move that frequency around and you get this wow, wow, wow mm-hmm. kind of idea because it, it moves the like the nasally sound of stuff. It, it accentuates it and then it moves it around. Mm-hmm. But you can just – what's known as a cocked wah is when you just put it into a place and you leave it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did that. And it sounds super nasally and not good yeah. by itself. Right. But then you put it into the context of a mix and yeah, you'd be yeah. like, this could, this sounds really great because mm-hmm. there's certain things. And also there's certain things in mixing that's like, you don't want the guitar to sound really great by itself yeah. because it's not going to be by itself. Right. And you might be uh, not blending well with other instruments. Uh-huh. So those frequencies, you might want to be like, you know what? I'm going to cut out the bass frequencies of that because you know what's going to be taking over that side? The bass the guitar. Bass itself, yeah. Or like, you know what? I'm going to take the highs away because something else is going to sit there. Or, yeah. You know, you're, you're sculpting and you're, you're, you're taking the frequency spectrum and you're being like, well, I don't really need it. this sound, this amazing guitar sound Mm -hmm. i don't need to fill up this space over here because that's going to be that instrument is Mm -hmm. going to take up that space and this over here so and then you listen to that guitar by itself and it's like this sounds really bad it's like yes it sounds really bad because if it sounded really good you'd be then pushing the whole thing out of whack yeah it's basically like i'm really good let me be front and center so think of a choir right it's like yeah you're really good but I don't want to hear you. Right. I want to hear the choir. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that's cool. Pan flute sound. Pan flute. Yeah. Which again, he talked about ways that he boosted that and changed it up. Like Josh is playing that on the keys, but like in the mix, he did something a little bit different yeah. to it. So then we get to. Yeah, then we get into part. the snarky puppy section. Yeah. As I like so he it. actually, so this is Ryan, who I talked to from Dynamo, playing this piano solo part. But this is, as Cody called it, this is a through composed solo. Like, so he wrote this solo for Ryan to play. Okay. Yeah. And through composed, meaning it just, it goes. There's no like repeated sections or whatever. It kind of keeps going. For through. our listeners at home. Yeah. I know you're talking And then it builds into what he calls the fusion section, which is right now. Yeah, this is my this, favorite part yeah, of the song. Cool. And this is where I get kind of like, this is this is snarky puppy-ish. And again, this part kind of stemmed from he wrote this like bass line and stuff to go over, like to go with this. This is very different than Oh, the, whole, the rest the of the original. song. This yeah. could be well, and even just the original, especially. Like, yeah. yeah. This part where, like, where the horns and the electric guitars are mixing, yeah. that reminds me of Snark Guitar. Sure. Yeah. Like, from Wish You Were Here. And then that's Corey Wong shredding. Yeah. Over top. And we're not worried. Yeah, it's the fusion section. Yeah. And then we're back to the, yeah. the main and that's cool. song. I, they could just take that middle section out and do and, its own, and do its own thing, yep, and I would totally. be like, "That's so like yeah. just just expand on that." I know. And you don't need to put it into this because 
I basically said like you could end right before the bridge, uh-huh. fade it out. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's 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 yeah. a really I'm good. I'm trying song. to remember how the original actually goes, like what he does. I think there is like a little bridgey bridge. section in there, but the I just can't, can't remember. Yeah. And it's just done. So the the other cool thing about this, and then it's I guess the companion piece of Once You Back, which are, again these two, you know, arranged tunes of Cody Fry's that he is now given new life to in this context is that these versions or based on these two versions of this from this of what 82618 or whatever when they put yep. this together have kept going in other ways so like Corey Wong did a gig with the Metropolar Cast in um which is like the National Orchestra of the Netherlands and they perform with all kinds of different people and stuff and bring in different guests and it's a similar thing they do their songs but arranged for this essentially like live studio orchestra and do these concerts. But in that concert, they do better and want you back. Now Mm -hmm. he brings in Cody as like a guest to Mm -hmm. play keys and also to sing on them. But it's kind of cool that like, even now on Corey Wong's gig, he's bringing these arrangements along and Mm -hmm. giving them again, yet another new life. And they all came from, you know, Cody Friarty wrote these songs and recorded them in a totally different way or, or fairly different way on his album and then put them together with Dynamo and it's like it's just it's just cool that they kind of keep going like collaborating yeah and like and changing and evolving and stuff and it's not just like this is my song this is how it is and it's always going to be like that it's cool that they're that they're not only open to but then continuing to evolve them and keep them going I just think that's kind of neat I also like these two versions better than the originals I like the originals and I think maybe it's it's like um uh what's the word like some kind of bias um not recency bias but like the bias of like that's the first way i heard it Mm -hmm. and so that's the one i like the best yeah kind of thing there's a there's a name for it something bias, but i can't think what it is but yeah so maybe that's part of it but also just these grooves so hard and Mm -hmm. yeah i like them (laughs) i'm glad that you like these songs Did did you have more thoughts I do not. I mean, I, I, I kinda... I'm going to recommend to you and to the listeners is to, you know, especially if you like this tune, listen to the other one that goes with it. Just like with yours, like if you like that song, like listen to that whole album and maybe check out the documentary. But check I would also say from, from mine, check out the like 15 minute video that, that Cody Fry does where he's breaking this down and telling you all the technical stuff. You especially mm-hmm. will dig all the, oh, I'm using these plugins and I'm using this particular compressor and this thing and blah, blah, blah. Like you'll understand what all of that means. And yep. I'm like... Cool. Sounds neat. <laughs> but and like I said, he's shown you the logic tracks and just it's it's cool to get into the mind of the guy who's not only the original composer but also the arranger of his own stuff. It's it's a neat neat thing. It's very cool. Yeah. All right. So, we're done today. Yeah. But you guys should check us out on the Instagrams <laughs> at at two tunes podcast. And then if you have questions or comments, you should leave them somewhere. Yeah, you can, write, write you a can review. DM us on that. Write a review on whatever thing you're listening on. And you can join us in the Discord. Join us in the Discord. Email us at twotunespodcast at gmail.com. Yes, twotunespodcast at gmail. Have we ever gotten any emails that are not... Not business? Or, or I was going to say, like, yeah, spam. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. And, and please, 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 the 25 of you that are listening, yes. uh, tell 10 people. Yeah. T- tell tell two people even. Jeez, just tell, yeah. 
tell tell people because yeah. we would like to grow this into something a lot bigger. Yeah, word of mouth sharing on social media is super dope. Put us in your story. Girls in airports shared our story. Yeah, they did after their episode came out. That was cool. Uh, yeah. So Thanks long. so much for listening and, and subscribing. We don't have a th- end song. What should I come up with an ending song? This is the end of the Two Tunes podcast. I mean, just the end of this episode. We're gonna keep doing more if you listen and like and subscribe. Yeah.